0: all right what's up welcome back to spin rate the athletics toronto blue jays podcast my name is drew fair service we're so excited to be back talking with you about the toronto blue jays If you haven't subscribed to The Athletic already, now's the time to do it. Head over to theathletic.com slash spinright. Find everything that Caitlin writes about the Blue Jays. Read about that amazing interaction between the fan, the young fan, and the uh, Yankees fan, and the Blue Jays guy handing over the Aaron Judge home run. uh, Caitlin with uh, Lindsay Adler wrote a really great story about that. So like I said, make sure you do that. Head over to theathletic.com slash spinright. Subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the show, which we bring to you twice a week. Uh, At the end of the weekend, usually... You hear me and Caitlin McGrath, as I mentioned, we're talking about the Blue Jays during the week. You get me. You get former Blue Jays starter Ricky Romero, who joins me today. Ricky, uh, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's not the afternoon for you. I should uh, I should stand corrected. I'm I'm usually a stick for morning. That. yeah. Good morning. Good morning <laughs> to you. I will be on the West Coast as the uh, tomorrow, so it, it will. I, I'm excited. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, here, the day in the couple of days after we record, um, come on out on Friday to the Vancouver Canadians game. I'm going to be there at the Nat. I've never been. I'm super excited. Oh. You, you've been out there and did some stuff with them before, didn't you? Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. Uh, I miss the Nat. Um, it's a great little ballpark to catch a ball game. And Vancouver, man. I mean, it's an awesome city too. Uh, aside from the stadium. Um, yeah, it's it's always a good atmosphere. Obviously before it was a short season team. Mm-hmm. I believe now it's a low A team. Mm-hmm.
0: So so yeah, man, enjoy it. That should be fun. Yeah, I've, I haven't been to Vancouver in almost 20 years, so I'm excited to go wow. back and I've, and I've, I'm excited to go and and check out uh, check out the NAT and watch uh the Canadians game and maybe we'll do maybe do a little bit of work. Maybe you'll hear something about that in the next coming weeks. Make sure you get you that Canadians
1: hat. Have you seen it? Have you seen that? Uh, no, I haven't. They came out with their, they brought back some like old school uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says Canadians across the, the, the top of the hat. It's, it's freaking dope, man. If you get a chance, I've, I've been wanting that hat. And when I was there working, they didn't have it in stock. But yeah, I'm trying to get my hands on that.
0: I will definitely, definitely check that out. What, what about you? When you played, did you, when did you sign? So you got drafted in June and then did you sign right away? yes i did oh, okay um
1: but we had auburn new york mm-hmm. out of all places <laughs> the old new york Penn league that's all right that's not oh, bad for travel man. i guess right i mean <laughs> it's the it was the it was interesting very interesting upstate new york is an interesting place um uh thank goodness i was there only for about two and a half weeks and then got a call up to hi a so that was good
0: Back down in Dunedin, where where I guess the it's it's still high A I think, right? That I the the I, I will be honest the the minor league reshuffle from a couple of years ago, has like completely screwed me up. I'm like you know they don't have Lansing anymore. Don't have Bluefield, which I which which was a relatively new team. Now Vancouver's full season, so anyway, it's all over the place. But it's back in full swing, and, and that's the big one of the big fun things about Vancouver this this time of year right now. It's the first time they've been back in two years, right? Obviously, no season last year, or sorry, no season twenty twenty, and then uh, they were on the road. They were road warriors last year as the COVID restrictions and vaccine stuff was still working itself out. But they're back and better than ever, and having a good time. So I'm excited to go to Vancouver. If you're in Vancouver, you want to come out, shoot me a note, follow me on Twitter, say hey, what's up? I'm, we're here at the Nat, and when we can say hi, we can hang out. So we are not going to talk about that. We're going to we can talk about today. We're going to talk about the Blue Jays. We're going to talk about Alec Manoa. We're going to talk about the value in getting a bit of an ass kicking and also you know the resurgent boba i think we can always just give him a bit of a nod we all knew we all knew this was going to happen he's too good a (laughs) hitter to be down for too long but let's start with alec manoa uh man he's good uh that's that's that is my my full-blown capital a analysis uh you know you heard there were some great quotes last night from Aaron Judge who of course got him for a home run for the first time but uh I, I don't know what else you can say about Alec Manoa A in general but B going in there and facing that really tough Yankees lineup well, of course the Yankees win- winners of 11 in a row when we were sitting here recording this um he's just such a stud I, I don't know that I ever saw that the ceiling that he's showing us it's just his ability to get strikeouts and, and avoid walks and just an unbelievable start to his career.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, he's been, I mean, I don't even know if I can say he's been as good as advertised because he wasn't very much so uh, advertised by the, by the blue Jays. He was a high draft pick. Yeah. But again, we've talked about this before drew it was uh, it was almost like, like it was the, the Nate Pearson show and, and Manoa was kind of on the, you know, on the outside looking in in that sense. Um, Obviously when you're a first rounder, you're really not on the outside looking in, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, it was supposed to be Nate Pearson leading this rotation and stuff like that. And this guy just comes in, and not only does he did he face has he faced the Yankees this season twice, but he faced them like two or three times last season. It seems like every other week he's facing the New York Yankees. And when you look at uh the, the body of work that he's been able to do since he broke into the big leagues, man, I mean, the guy is that dude. He's that dude. He's just he's just fearless on the mound he's everything you want in a pitcher he challenges you he's not scared to throw his fastball he's not scared to say here you go hit it and that's the beauty of baseball sometimes with um you know we saw the at bat against Aaron Judge where he froze him up on a 3-1 uh uh slider and then he blows him away with the fastball and he just had him guessing and then the next at bat he tries to uh throw a 3-2 fastball i believe yeah it was a fastball that he hit and judge uh, hits it out for a home run so it's just it's the beauty of baseball and the, the beauty of the cat and mouse game between a hitter and a, and a pitcher. and a, But yeah, man, I mean, it's it's been it's been it's been fun to watch. I mean, I don't even know what else to say about him because I, I feel like people people come up to me and ask me. And they're like, can he keep this up? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, in baseball, sometimes you are going to have some bad outings, but I don't know. The, the the guy doesn't seem like he's stopping anytime soon. And the, the biggest thing um, and I I, I heard uh dan and um and joe talked about talked about this yesterday during the telecast um and they were they were just saying how how pete walker says he he just doesn't overthink anything he goes in he knows what he has to work on he doesn't uh overthink it he just he he goes in with this plan and he's going to execute his plan and that's it it doesn't matter who's on who who's hitting or anything like that and when you have a young guy with that kind of mindset where he, he's not overthinking stuff. It, it just tells you who he is and he knows who he is. And I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of that old school mentality. When, when he's 60 feet, six inches, you see him uh, talking to himself and who knows what he's saying sometimes to himself. But, uh, but it, again, it's fun. It, and, and the guy is locked in and he's everything you want in a pitcher. Um, and uh, it's, he's been
0: fun to watch. Well, I think that you've, that, he's everything you want in a pitcher it was kind of the way that I uh the quote that I saw from Aaron Judge that I'm going to kind of paraphrase because I don't remember it exactly but it was you know he throws a four seamer throws a two seamer and then he can just throw that wipeout slider but the other thing you know you talk about Nate Pearson so Nate Pearson's stuff will blow your mind right you see Nate Pearson and he can throw 99 he throws 100 he throws 101 and he his curveball is filthy and nasty and his change-up can be just as just as effective I remember one of those first outings for Nate you know uh, in 2020 Nate Pearson looked so good when he just sort of figured his change up out but but Manoa his velocity doesn't doesn't blow you away but then you start to look and it's been creeping up throughout the year he was touching 97 last night which is like that you're starting to talk about like his stuff needs to be in that conversation too if he's throwing if he's touching 97 and he's and it's heavy and it's and it's hard to 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 pick up because it because it's got that that good spin and I think that 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 a bat against judge was really um the last one where, where judge got him was really interesting to me because he, like you said, he challenged him with the fastball a couple different times. He jumped ahead 0-2 and then he tried to challenge him with another fastball, but he missed and it was over the plate and judge fouled it back. And it was like, whoa, hope he doesn't do that again. Excuse me, which was unfortunately a bit of a, an ominous warning because you know, the one that he did hit was, it looked like he and Kirk wanted it up, which I think is a great idea, but he just didn't quite get it up. But, but again, like, nobody on base thanks to to Aaron Hicks sort of running running into an out but just uh, just that just that ultimate am- amount of aggressiveness and, and battle um with with the stuff i think you, you and i have talked about this multiple times and we get we both are like so enthusiastic about his mentality and his approach but his stuff speaks for itself and there there was a lot yeah. of talk when the blue jays drafted him that like he could have been you know one of the top he was one of the top guys in the draft and they they may have gotten a steal and so far, it looks like they absolutely got a steal in that with yeah. his pick. Where when when he was still there, when it was their turn to to select.
1: Yeah, no. it, it Obviously, they they knew what they were doing. The Toronto Blue Jays, and you, you got to credit the organization, the scouts, and everyone doing doing that dirty work to 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 make this happen. And and I remember it was funny, man. I remember uh, maybe it was a couple years ago. This is before anybody knew who Alec Bernoa was. Um, He the Blue Jays lost in the playoffs. I think it was the year that they lost in uh, when they were when they played out of Buffalo and they made they made the playoffs that Mm -hmm. year Um, and they lost that one game to Tampa. And there's this young kid. And I used to obviously follow him on. I still follow him, but I we we had been following each other on social media and a young kid that's never really played in the big leagues has no idea tweets. Don't worry, guys. Help is coming. And I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) <laughs> <the> hell, <laughs> you know i'm like um who's this young buck uh talking like this but you know what he's he's backed it up <laughs> and he was right um and again it shows the confidence that he has in himself in in being able to say that and go about his business and be able to prove everyone that hey i am one of the part of, i am part of the missing link to this team and he saw it he believed in himself and and credit to him man i mean i just remember seeing that tweet and i was like wow like that's that's pretty ballsy for 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 a kid who, who still probably has a while to get to the big leagues and um and yeah i mean about a year and a half maybe a year later he's there making his debut so again it's almost like we're running out of things to say about mm-hmm. him because he's 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 that he's uh, again i'll say it again he's that He's that dude, you know, and and as a, as a fan, as a fan of the game, sit sit down and watch his games and watch his mentality and watch the way he, he approaches hitters. And it's nothing like that's going to like you're going to be like, oh, my God, like this guy, you know. I mean, he has unbelievable stuff, but, but like it's just the way he attacks, the way he believes in his stuff, that that part of me, the mental side of it, the way he approaches the game, that's what I look at in and it's special man i mean it, it for a 24 year old kid to to be able to do that and have that mentality and um shoot man i don't even know you might know this Drew, but how many bad outings does he really have in the big leagues maybe one or two
0: yeah i think it's three it, it, i would say it's three there were a couple times where yeah. and even though even that his bad outings weren't even weren't even that bad right but you know mm-hmm. it, it's and and the number one thing that you know, we've all kind of moved beyond um, you know, wins and pitcher wins as like the metric of of, you know, a lot of significance. But at the same time, you know, the thing with Alec Munoz is that like he wins when they win when he starts. Right. It was just like no. that simple. Like Alec yeah, so he had yeah, there was one bad start against Baltimore last year and another bad start against the Rays. Um, and a bad start against the Nats but yeah other than that solid all the way along but um he wins when they start and and he has he's a winner right like he has that winning mentality and yeah. that sort of that sort of you know he got that dog in him as they as they kind of say like he's just yeah. you, you wish you you wish every guy uh could be that way and you know you, it's it's not fair to compare it or be like I wish Nate Pearson was like Alec but no like Nate Pearson's Nate Pearson yeah. he's gonna find his way and, and, and he's going to, you know, his stuff is so good. And, and once he can kind of figure out his body, unfortunately, uh, you know, staying healthy, uh, the things that happened to him, um, he's going to be on his own. But, you know, the Blue Jays have really got something great uh, with Alec Manoa. And, and,
1: and I've said that all along. Um, I even told Nate this uh, <laughs> one time during DMs, D, uh, DMing each other on, on social media. I was like, man, you got to find your edge, mm-hmm. not anybody else's edge. You got to find your edge and what makes you go, man, because – in the big leagues, um, hitters opposing teams will eat you up. If if they smell blood, they're gonna come after you, and they're gonna kick you down, and they ain't gonna let you get out, get up. And and that's that's the difference, you know, in mentality. That's why um, the I say it. You know, I mean, and it's and it's a proven fact. It's it's the mentality that you have that you carry yourself with um, more than it is physical. Um, phys- physically, all these guys can do it. I mean, they all have great stuff, but it's the the mental part in overcoming little challenges. I mean, you saw it with Manoa yesterday. You're like, uh, in the first inning, you're like, Oh, like, is this, is, is this, is this the outing that where he kind of might have a little bit of a rocky start and then he just settles in and then boom, he retires about 11, 12 in a row mm-hmm. and then gets in his groove. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, that's the part that, 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 uh, for me, uh, for Manoa, it separates Manoa from a lot of guys. You know that it's the mentality part, and 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 he's he's good, man. I mean, <laughs> I I love watching him compete again. uh and somebody asked me this on social media. They're like, would you have let him come out for for the seventh inning after ninety one pitches? And I said, you know, early in the season, you know, ninety one pitches, you know, yeah, I could see why they made the move, but you know, eventually, um, I don't know about you, Drew. I mean. Um, I'd like to see him get into the hundred, hundred and five, hundred and ten range, and 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 let him go. I mean, he he he's a horse, man. He's a guy that you got to ride, and 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 I know he's got that in him to to go out there. I know they say, oh yeah, well he gave up the home run to Judge, and then Rizzo hit a screamer uh, for a third out. But at at the end of the day, he got he 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 got it. it Rizzo's was an out. You know, I mean, it is what it is. It, it's about getting out and I don't care how hard it's coming off the bat. Uh, sometimes you just catch your second win after after that inning and, 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 and you go out there and you give another quality inning for, for the Toronto Blue
0: Jays. I think it is. Well, it's, it's one thing we can move on to talk about next, I think, which is that in the situation that the Blue Jays have found themselves in time and time again, which is they were in a tight game. They're in a tight game and they know that they can rely on their bullpen. So it's like, okay, you know, Alec Mano, you gave a six strong. You you battled at at the beginning and then you were dominant for a long stretch of it. You know, Judge just got you. But where, you know, I feel like in today's game especially, you you Mm -hmm. have to be, you have that confidence that you know you can turn to the bullpen and you've got guys that are getting outs back there. But the difference Mm -hmm. was last night was was that Blue Jays team and Blue Jays bullpen that has been operating with no net for so long kind of ran out of luck. Right, there were yeah. there was some bad luck, obviously uh, uh, there on Tuesday night with a couple bad calls, a couple um, you know reaching on an error, you know which is is hard to um, it's hard to fault. I mean, it's an error, and the ball is hit at him, right? So you think I'm sure if you asked Bobichet on that the ball that Stanton hit, that he would say I should have made that play. Uh, that yeah. was the hardest hit ball of the year in all of baseball. Which uh, I heard Mike Petriello uh, was, who's sitting in with Sportsnet this week, which is really cool. Uh, of StatCast. Every single year of StatCast, Giancarlo Stanton has the hardest hit ball for every single year. <laughs> so he, he hit that ball 119.2 or 0.8 miles an hour last night. So, oh. so like, it, it ate Bo Bichette up. Uh, it was a close play. There was some debate whether or not it would have, uh, whether or not it, after the review, whether or not Vlad was able to keep his foot on the bag whatever here we are but that's again when you operate with no net a call goes your other way or a guy hits a hits a screamer and your the shortstop's not quite able to make the play and then the first baseman's not quite able to get his foot on the bag and then you know a little it just snowballs and it snowballs right and then and then suddenly okay and maybe Adam Simber was getting hit pretty hard uh again you see the same thing where the Blue Jays have we've talked to you and I before about the the shifting and how and they're moving the moving players around really aggressively on defense including the outfield well two of those both those doubles split the big gap they had when they were playing Mm -hmm. both Donaldson and uh and uh and Marwan Gonzalez I guess kind of around you know the other way or and then there was this big gap in in kind of the left center field and both balls kind of found that gap and and then suddenly – and then Julian Merriweather, our guy, Julian Merriweather, just, you know, <laughs> wasn't able to stop the bleeding, unfortunately, and sort of the, yeah. the, the 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 parade started. And, of course, the controversial tag at home plate. But this is what happens sometimes when you when you you play all these tight games and you can't expect everybody to be lights out every single time out, unfortunately. And I guess yeah. it kind of caught up to them last night.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what, Drew? I'm actually looking forward to what they do tonight mm-hmm. and how they bounce back. Yeah, I mean – we. Shoot, the team hadn't lost the series all, all, all season and, 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 and good for them. And it's awesome. But these are the games where you, you just can't let it keep snowballing, uh, uh, losing two straight games, leading to three straight, and then it snowballs to four or five losing streak. This, this can happen. I'm looking forward to how they bounce back tonight. This is an important game to me. Um, and and, and it's, it's almost, we used to call it in, in college, we used to call it attitude day. Um, and, and our Sunday games are called attitude day. And and I feel like this is an attitude type of game for them. Um, how are you going to bounce back from getting, you know, knocked down last night and, and it snowballing out of control. It'd be different. You know, if they lost two to one, you're like, okay, whatever we, I mean, we lost another close one, but the way it snowballed or it unraveled late in the, in the game yesterday,
0: it was very unlike them, and that's why I'm looking forward to see how they bounce back today. Uh, and, and that's something I know Caitlin and I talked about recently as well, which is the Blue Jays have been playing, not just the, you know the, the the relievers have been so strong, and obviously such great starting pitching, but they've been playing really good, crisp baseball. And, and that's just a really difficult standard to hold up, especially when you're playing 30 games in 31 days, that there's going to be that that bit of mental fatigue. There's going to be those times where, you know, shit happens, which kind of happened last night a little bit. Mm -hmm. The play at the plate, the rundown that was like, uh, maybe it's just me and and maybe it was a bit of like, confirmation bias but it felt like that rundown wasn't quite as like as as crisp as maybe you'd like to see um in terms of how, how they were they were pursuing I guess Marwan Gonzalez up and down the line and then and then the goofiness with the tag I mean at the end of the day he he the, they made the play they um, missed the call which is which happens right yeah. but again you can't rely on you can't rely on playing perfect crisp you know ultra efficient defense and and pitching and operating without a net every single night because sometimes a call does go the other way sometimes yeah. you know there's a there's a bad bounce sometimes a guy hits a ball 119.8 miles an hour at your shortstop and it's going to eat him up because he's never seen one hit that hard before because nobody has <laughs> <laughs> like that's hard to make a play so it, it, I, which is probably brings us to what we can start to talk about as well which is they only scored one run again last night so there are some concerns maybe with the offense. There were some good signs, I think. Uh, obviously, Bobby is kind of stacking up the hits this week. And then even Vlad uh, really just turned on a couple balls and it hit some real rockets um, up the middle at a late game um, double. Yeah, he doubled the center field in the 8th. Uh, an absolute missile off of uh, Miguel Castro, but uh, still just not, not scored a lot of runs right now. And there's some situational concerns, but Teoscar Hernandez is out on his rehab uh, assignment with Bo warming up. And hopefully with, um, with Vlad starting to swing the bat a little bit better. You got like, you'd be crazy not to think that the offense isn't about to turn a big corner.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's uh it's been a bit of a struggle and it's, it, they're getting on base. They're just not hitting with runners and scoring position. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that whole clubhouse know it, uh, know, knows what's going on. Um, it's funny. Um, we're talking about this cause this morning at the gym, um, there's a, at, out of all places, there's a, a Canadian guy who works that, who works out there and he's a huge Jays fan. And, and, and he came up to me today. He's like, Hey man, is, is today is like last, type of game that where everyone's just throwing shit. And I'm like, no, man, let's, let's not panic. Let's not, pan- <laughs> <laughs> let's not panic, man. No, it's, it's, it's not like that. And, and I'm I'm, 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 I can guarantee you this much that the offense knows that they have to pick up the slack. They, they know that everyone, like everyone in that clubhouse knows that. And, and it almost, sometimes I feel like the hitters pro- probably feel bad because the pitchers are going out there, the starting pitchers are going out there and, and, and they, they're doing their job. So, um, the last thing you want is for this team to start pressing and start hoping for base hits to fall and for for, for, for stuff to, to to just go your way. Um, the, the minute you start hoping, it's, everything kind of starts going sideways. But if they just let the game come to them and, and, and they continue to stick to their plan, they're going to be just fine. Again, we know what this lineup can do. We know that it's so talented from top to bottom. Um, and it, I, I guess, Drew, it, it shows a little bit that that uh, you know, two-time uh silver slugger winner uh, to Oscar Hernandez is 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 a big piece to this to this part of the lineup and uh and and it's showing a little bit right now. I mean, when when you're missing a key guy like that, it it hurts. It hurts the lineup and uh, um, you know, uh, hopefully he comes back sooner than later and and they're back uh where where they need to be and where we expect them to be. So. Um, I just feel like he, it, it really is hurting them a bit that he's not in that lineup.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit
1: card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: There are, <clears throat> I talked about, you know, the bad bounces and bad luck and just sort of, especially early in the season where those sorts of things can get magnified. And for the longest time, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily like the runners hits with uh, runners scoring position but the blue jays were able to get like the single clutch hit that they needed you know these timely hits the the one hit of the game was w- with runners in scoring position was like in the eighth inning or something like that but somebody asked me because you know we know the blue jays are really aggressive and he said he asked me something so that seems so, it so s- silly and specific he was like well i want like his his view from watching the games was like the blue jays have really struggled swinging at the first pitch with runners on score on base. So he asked me to look it up and I was like, well, you know, whatever, I'm not your monkey, but I did it anyway. And, and <laughs> the Blue Jays have the worst production in that situation. They've seen 200 you know, whatever. Um, there's been 16 different times that they've, that they've swung at the first pitch with a runner on scoring position. They have two hits two singles they've got no haven't hit any extra base hitch, which again not who the blue jays are the blue jays are happy to be aggressive i think that's a probably reflection of a, a more of a league wide trend where it's like i can't I, I can't fall behind if i get to two strikes whoever it is on the mound there's a million different guys they've all throw 100 miles an hour and have a slider that moves this much so get <laughs> let me let me swing at the one i see so but that's one of those things that you know, like you said, you don't want to stop being who you are. The Blue Jays are an aggressive team. They've got aggressive hitters. Yeah. They're not there to walk. They're there to hit, and they've they've got hitters. So you can't help but think that having the worst, so they're weighted on base as 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 we talk right now, weighted on base average, which is kind of a good measure for for production. That's similar to baseball or similar to batting average. Like three fifty is really good. Four hundred is amazing. The Blue Jays weighted on base with at the first pitch with runners on scoring uh, uh, scoring position is. .095, less than half of the next worst team. Like, again, that's like they've Uh-oh. got two singles and that's it. And maybe like a sack fly. So Uh-oh. not not yeah. not what you want. Not what you want no. at all. But you figure it's going to turn around. And again, you add... Uh, like the real, real versions of Bobuchet, and like a, and like the really well balanced version of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then you start to add Teoscar and his back in, and you get George Springer, who seems to have again you saves all his hits for like the maximum impactful moment. But you know the what? The, and we, then Kirk, our boy Kirk. I mean, he he looked good uh, again. Extra base uh, hit, Kirk.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and it's a good sign. Again, it, I know, I know it's not where they want to be, but these are encouraging signs when you see, like you mentioned, Bo. Um, starting to find his groove his swing he's taking good swings at the ball and and they're not all gonna fall for base hits but um but when you take good swings i know for a fact it makes hitters feel really good when they start feeling that that good vibe in them and then kirk um obviously we talked a bit about him last week and and seeing him come out and 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 produce the way he did yesterday and he's catching the shit out of it man let's let's be serious he mm-hmm. really is man and, and you gotta you gotta tip your hat off to that and um and and you know when he's picking off runners and throwing guys out and all that good stuff I mean it's just adds to the complete package I mean it it, when you're able to do that from behind the plate it it it, it's it kind of it's relieving as a as a pitcher so credit to him for for continuing to stick to his plan and, and 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 do his thing so that that's good that's encouraging to see because again we still don't know when Danny's going to come back. So he is the number one catcher for now and, and he needs to get going. And um, we've seen when he's been really good and how this team has rallied behind him. So um, at the bottom of that lineup, you, you're going to need um, Alejandro to 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 come out and produce. So hopefully it's, it's a good sign what he had last night.
0: I'm greedy. I'm greedy. And I like I like a slugging catcher. You know what I mean? A, a, yeah. a guy like, you know, like a Rob Barajas, you know, somebody might have, might not get on base a lot, but they they hit the <laughs> ball over the fence, you know. And, and 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 I think you can look at the way that Kirk has produced, and, and if you break it down into these kind of more advanced metrics, it's like okay, his production is lagging, but at the same time, it's like he's getting on base and he's putting the ball in play, and like. You know, as you saw last night, that, that extra base hit was a bit of a bloop shot, right? But you put the ball in play; good things can happen, and it's a it's a it's a counterbalance to some of the other guys in the lineup. You know, guys guys who might strike out a little bit more. So, and and with the job he's doing defensively, you can't complain, right? And, and unfortunately, our guy Zach Collins has, uh, you know, sort of it's it's tough. It's a tough gig when people start being like, "Oh, he can hit. Let's you know game plan a little bit more for him and put that extra yeah. bit of pressure on him." But the defensive contribution that you're getting from Kirk, I mean, the the, the throwing guys out is such a bonus. But the, the the advances and the steps forward he's made in his receiving and, and just really presenting those pitches at the bottom, the bottom of the strike zone, and, you know as, as well as he has, it's just such an invaluable skill. And and I love it. I let me. I mean, you're a pitcher, so you're going to say you like it. But this is a, something that with a lot of fans, it's a real bone of contention. I like. I, I love it. I think it's for. It's something that someone can be good at. And it's not cheating, and you're not trying to trick the umpire. It's like these are strikes, and he's going to present them as such. And I, 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 yeah. I love to see it. I love to watch a good defensive catcher. I love watching Reese McGuire. Right, he was a terrific, beautiful defensive catcher. But like, I had do, one of the best. Yeah. I had
1: one of the best man in in Jose Molina.
0: I'm sure you remember him. Oh my I God! Mean, well, he he it was like the kind of. The, the front at the vanguard of this where, where the Rays <laughs> signed him and 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 of course uh and and he kept getting jobs and people were like why why are they hiring why why is Molina getting these contracts and it's like the Yankees were way out front of that as well they were like yeah. this is really valuable because he catches yeah. 150 pitches a game 200 pitches a game that's throw one guy out stealing that's nice but 150 pitches and even if it's only 15 or 20 that are marginal it's such a boon it's such a boon and, and it can only help your ball club
1: yeah and he comes from that molina university right i mean mm-hmm. we saw benji do it um in anaheim and then when he came to toronto and then obviously we all have seen what you out of here can do but having a guy who can do that who can quote unquote steal strikes mm-hmm. for you it's amazing you don't know how many times i was on the on the mound i'd throw a pitch and i was like oh that's a ball And then the way he would bring it back and get a a delayed strike call, he got more delayed strike calls than anybody I've ever seen ever, Mm -hmm. ever behind the plate. And he's, it it just makes your job even that much better. You're like, okay, he's going to, if, if Jose can do that, then I can keep expanding away, 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 away. And the hitter is going to like, he's going to know that I'm going to hit that outside spot. So he's going to, his swings going to get a little longer and stuff like that, that you start thinking about. So, um, as a pitcher. So uh, yeah, man, I mean, when you have a guy like that, that you're able to trust obviously to with the blocking and, 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 and stuff like that, you can't ask for anything more mm-hmm. as, as a, as a, as a, as a pitcher and, and having a catcher back there that you can trust. And, um and Alejandro is turning in to be that, that, that guy. I mean, it almost seems like he's Manoa trust him with everything. And, and, and it's, and it's good to see uh, again, a young catcher too, a young catcher. That's still learning his, his way through the big leagues and learning hitters and learning game plans and all that stuff. And um, it's, it's a lot of positive stuff again from, from young guys that sometimes this type of stuff takes long for, for guys to be able to, to, to ingrain themselves with, but they're making it
0: look pretty damn easy right now. Obviously Alejandro Kirk gets a lot of attention because he's, his build right? He's a big dude and you see him (laughs) running the bases last night. And I get DMs from people being like, he looks like Barney rubble. But like, I, I really think that that, the the catching and and the receiving is such an athletic thing that you know the Jose Molina school of thought where you would see him he was almost like a statue right it was everything was so small the movements were so slight his head was always so still and he would set up and it was like it you know you you see the old like big swooping and swiping and dragging it was just really subtle but now Kirk is more of the new school where he's down on one knee but like just Mm -hmm. working so hard to get those those pitches called for him and for for his pitcher and again I, I I I I kind of push back on the idea of stealing strikes and you know it, it, the strike zone is, is never, you know, we like to see, we see the lines on the, on the, on the TV, but it's not, it doesn't work like that. Right. And, and mm-hmm. more about, you know, I, I've come up, come around to the idea of like, there are pitches that are like 50, 50 pitches, like that could yeah. be a ball and it could be a strike. And I think that's, mm-hmm. for me, that's a healthier way to think about it. Otherwise you'd be pulling your hair out and cursing every umpire's name. Or yeah. It's like, it's just not the way that the world and the universe works. So with that gray, that gray in there, when you've got someone who's skilled, you can really kind of, you know, give your team a boost.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think the biggest uh, thing that the most deceiving part of it of watching a game on TV is that that box is there, but the angle that you have on TV, is not what you think it is, you know? So sometimes Mm -hmm. when those, when those borderline strikes that they miss or that they get, and you're like, oh, that was a ball. Well, I mean, we're looking at it from a different, completely different angle. And I know it shows where the ball crossed the plate and all that stuff, but sometimes it's like, you have to be in the action, I feel like, to to really see where where, where that pitch is, and and only those guys know sometimes, and I I feel like usually when you don't see a hitter complain about, you know, a borderline strike, it's because they know it's a strike. Um, You know, now the ones that Vladdy has kind of been getting called on him lately, some of those are Again, he's not a guy that complains a lot, and and you know when he's complaining, it's because it's not in the strike zone.
0: The more recent one, Vladdy was definitely was seemed to me like he was complaining about the pitch before as much as the mm-hmm. pitch that was actually called strike three, because you know that that one one pitch or, or you know that going from one strike to two is just huge. It changes the at bat. Yeah, it changes the at bat. The other thing about the thing that I say, and I've said this probably before, but if you watch most of your games on TV, the mound and the plate are so much closer together that it would blow your mind. And like I, I've told you, like, <laughs> like I, play, I play men's league baseball and I'll go behind the plate because I catch. And then I, and I look at, you know, my buddy Jonah, who's up there, you know, on the mound. And I think like Chris Sale stands on that exact same mound, like that exact same difference. I'm like, I can't even imagine what that would be like. He's like six foot six. It's coming out of the dugout. It's 97. Then it's a changeup. No, I, it, it would make me upset. Like physically, it makes me upset. It's too close. I don't know. You, I mean, you stood tell, there. You got, you got a hit, Tell right? me about it. Tell <laughs> me about <laughs> well, it. But when it's coming back at you when the, on the line drive. Hey, man, I faced Cole Hamels in his prime.
1: And in Philadelphia, my first career at bats. And like you said, I went up to the plate and I hadn't been up at home plate in a long time, maybe since high school. And when I stepped in that box, I looked up and I was like, oh my God, this guy is super close. And the way he's releasing the <laughs> and, and and uh and and the way he's releasing the balls. Cole Hamels is like six four, maybe. Mm-hmm. Six, uh, yeah. He's he's a tall, lanky dude. And he was again in his prime throwing like BBs right at me and the first pitch he threw I thought it was like 10 feet outside and that thing like I looked back and and uh Chooch was catching and I was like oh my god that thing was right down the middle (laughs) and I'm (laughs) and and honestly you you really don't realize how close how close you really are and you you for me I went back to the dugout and Dwayne Murphy was our hitting coach I always tell this story Dwayne Murphy was our hitting coach and I went up to him and I was like Murph I guarantee you, you'll never, ever hear me talk shit about a hitter ever again because <laughs> holy smokes, <laughs> he was dying laughing. And this is in the middle of my start. I'm pitching, and, and I just had to tell him that. I was like, I will never, ever bash a hitter ever again because the I don't know how, like, when you hear big league hitters, Drew, sometimes, and I w- I played with some great ones in, in Jose Bautista, Edwin Encarnacion, um, and when they'd come in the dugout and talk hitting about picking up spin, and I'm seeing this off the hand. I'm like, how, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and that, that to me is like, it shows you how special these guys are. These big league hitters are. And, um, you know, again, you it just makes you appreciate it that much more that's for sure
0: i read sean green's book uh and i don't know if you if you're cross paths with sean green much but he talked about little tiny things like he would look at where you know if a pitcher would be releasing the ball and well if i saw a lot of white that meant it, meant it was a change up and and I'm like, like- whose eyes are that good how can you see <laughs> that that's crazy <laughs>
1: yeah I, I definitely didn't see shit when i was at the plate man <laughs> I, I didn't see it i just saw a ball coming at me and I'm like just swing and make contact, which I didn't. My first uh three career bats, I struck out, but I was pitching so well that Cito couldn't take me out. So uh but yeah, it was it was not fun, and that's why the day I got a big league base hit, it was like the greatest thing in the world for me. I was like, ah, oh, I can die a happy man now. I gotta I gotta hit in the big leagues, I'm good. Tommy man. Hunter. So that,
0: Tommy Hunter had an interview last year. It was it last year when he played for the Mets? He was like, "I got a knock in the show, man." He was like, yeah. "He's he's pitched like four hundred times in the big leagues, and he was like, I got a hit, I got a fucking yeah. hit.' How crazy is that? Now I'm going to ask you. One, more. Hmm? sorry, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was going to say, who was the best hitter? Like, which pitcher was the best hitter that you that you can remember playing with? I have a guess. I think I know who you're going to say, but who, do you? Is there somebody that could that could swing it pretty good? Do you know, say it, say it, say it. I think you're going to say Sean Markham. Oh, he looked, he looked oh, really I, hitterish. He looked really hitterish.
1: Yeah, no, he, he was good. He was good. He was also like very athletic though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you meant opposing, opposing pitcher. No, no, no. Because I,
0: what, who did somebody Tim take Hudson. you geek? Did he, did Tim he hit Hudson, run off man. you? Tim Hudson. Really?
1: Yeah. Look it up. It's, 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 uh, my friends still send it to me. They're like, Hey dude, how was this <laughs> moment for you? <laughs> Tim Hudson in Atlanta. I was pitching a great game and. We had a pitcher's, like, duo. We were going at it, man. And and he came up, and I'd been sinking the ball all night, sinking, working, sinking, cutting, sinking, cutting, great changeup, had it going. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sneak a what's – a, what's he doing in the se- sixth or seventh inning? I'm going to sneak a fastball, a four-seam fastball by him? Nope. He took it deep, too, man. So he was uh, – he was on the scouting report too. They said, Hey, make sure this guy doesn't beat you. He can really, really hit. And interesting. Yeah, he he was he was probably obviously because he took me deep. I'm gonna say he was probably the the, the best one. But yeah, Sean Markham was really, really good. Um, I'm trying to think who else uh could handle the bat. Um um I think I, I think I saw uh I think Doc Halliday could handle the bat a little bit too. I mean, yeah, but Sean. Sean, Sean. Yeah. Sean was very, very athletic. He knew what he was doing. Up, He didn't look like me. That's right. I remember watching
0: Jay Happ take BP. Jay Happ looked like he was a hitter, like he could play. Um, And there's another guy who uh, his name is Shohei Otani. He seems like he's pretty good as a pitcher (laughs) who can also hit. That's crazy. You know what, though? Uh, I want to say Brandon
1: Morrow in his whole career. I don't think he ever got a base hit. You might want to look that up. I'm not sure. But I think, uh, yeah, I don't think it. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he ever got a base hit in his career, man. And he was always, he did not look like a hitter. And he's my boy, but he, Brandon, if you ever listen to this show, I'm sorry, man. But I, I just remember you and I were probably the worst hitters on that team.
0: He's, he seems <laughs> like he's too smart to be a good hitter. Like he's like the guy, he's like thinking too many things, right?
1: 100%, yeah. <laughs> I, I love
0: watching Brandon Morrow. I only had a chance to talk to him a few times. He's such an interesting guy. Love a yeah. uh, great uh, man. Great career. What a good uh, group. All seven games in the World Series. What can you say?
1: I know I'm I, I know I'm going back, but I remember that Philadelphia series when we were all jacked up to be hitting. And Scott Richmond was part of that team, too. Mm-hmm. And we were all hoping we would draw Jamie Moyer. And, and <laughs> Jamie... <laughs> so he drew him and he was so pumped and this and that. And let me tell you, man. Jamie Moyer made him look silly the whole night.
0: <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Just twist you into knots. That's awesome. So
1: yeah, so yeah, man. It was, it was it was
0: fun. It was fun. It was fun to hit, but it wasn't fun. Once, probably once. Get get your knock. Get in there. Not not having to face like you hit you you hit, did you hit right or left? You hit left. I, I hit.
1: I hit. No, I hit right. I had the curse, um, but I got a base hit. I drove in two runs. I threw a CG in St. Louis. That was a great
0: great day so yeah damn right i remember that today that's awesome (laughs) that's so good uh i think we should wrap it up the blue jays are headed off to cleveland to face the guardians which should be again finally a team after they face the yankees here on wednesday Finally, a bit of a break in the schedule. Not that Cleveland is a pushover; this is a big league. Everybody can play, but not a team that's in first place or contending for a playoff spot. Or you know, other than Houston, who the Blue Jays have single-handedly ruined their early their their April results. But <laughs> really looking forward to what they can do against Cleveland. Obviously, Cleveland is a, in a bit of a rebuild, but has a lot of talent uh jose ramirez should who who has been talking about how much money he left on the table man guy's out of his mind he's like oh yeah it cost me like 100 million bucks to stay it's like well then why did you do it what but it seems comfortable there i guess but what what a player I, I, though
1: i i know uh you wish he was in in the middle of that lineup we
0: all do i mean how how how, hey. how
1: good would he look
0: man shoot uh, I love watching Matt Chapman play, though. We've talked so much about his arm and and just like he's he's terrific to watch. But yeah, Jose Ramirez looks like he was born to play in the middle of this existing Blue Jays lineup. But Blue Jays fans, will get a good <laughs> look at him and the rest of the Cleveland Guardians who have a lot of, there's a few beasts running around in that pitching staff and in the back of the bullpen. So four games against Cleveland. Ricky, you and I will talk next week. And as I said at the top, if you're in Vancouver this weekend, come out to the net and say hi. Let me know what's up. Thank you so much for taking the time, Ricky. Well, t- we can talk about you getting a hit every week if you want. Uh, how's that? That could be every week. We'll go pitch by pitch. One week. Uh, I know. I, I, I know people won't see it, but there's a reason
1: why I <laughs> retired that bat, by the yes. way, man. I, and the batting gloves, everything. And yeah, my first win, my first strikeout. Who gives a shit? It's my first hit that I have displaying in my uh, in my man cave.
0: That is incredible. <laughs> His name is Ricky Romero. My name is Drew Ferris. Obviously. We will talk to you next time on Spin